Welcome to our live experience, the online teaching ministry of Pastor Pascal Ngui. Pastor Pascal is the senior pastor of our live Bible church, a vibrant and growing church with branches across South Africa. Pastor Pascal teaches the word of God with accuracy and power, always leaving his audience empowered, challenged and ready for change. As you listen, get ready to be blessed by the Holy Spirit. Now, let's join the message already in progress. Father, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your mercy that is at work right now in every stream site, in every branch, in every home. The power of God is already at work. Father, thank you this morning that wisdom, revelation knowledge is our portion in the name of Jesus. Father, thank you that good health is our portion in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that provision is our portion in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that every attack of the enemy is silenced by the sword of the Spirit. As the word is being preached this morning, that sword is cutting through every and any attack of the devil in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you that your presence is here with us. We are not alone. You are with us. In Jesus' precious name, we have given thanks. Amen. Somebody give me the Lord Jesus a big, big, big hand of praise. You may please be seated in his presence. What a blessing it is to be with you again this morning. It's been an amazing service, full of power, full of energy, and we're just going to continue in that same vein. Amen? Amen. Well, before I go any further, once again, I would like to welcome those of you that are joining this morning for the first time. Or the second time you joined last week and you felt you should join again this week. Wow, we just want to welcome you. We believe that you have made the right decision to be with us this morning. And we really take it very, very, very seriously that you've taken that step to be again with us today. May God bless you. And may this service add a little bit more to what you already have, to what you already have. Amen. Well, I would like to just give you an update on how far we are with our building project. Amen. I'm calling it the Noah project now because I believe that God is building arcs in different parts of this area. And in those arcs, you know, many people will be safe. Amen. Hallelujah. So before you is ABC Patsima, the roof is done. Put your hands together for Jesus. That is done. So technically speaking, Patsima is ready. The ark is almost finished, and people will start getting in there. All types of people from all walks of life. Just like the ark of Noah received lions, and you know, there are lion people, and there are elephants people, there are snakes people, but you know. You know, the house of God is where we welcome all those people and we turn all of them into lambs. Hallelujah. And that's what's going to happen. And then also, the ark of Mokwase has begun and appearing on your screen. Those are the pictures. The work has started and we are continuing right tomorrow, Monday, you know, to continue doing this beautiful, beautiful work. I believe by the end of this coming week, Mokwase will also be done by God's grace. Hallelujah. And then now I'm beginning to tell Macharora, we are coming. Hallelujah. So it's coming also there soon. 
we will be in Macharola to do the same work. So you know what? We are just excited. We are just blessed to see the word of God come to pass by his own power. Once again, I want to appreciate all of you in one way or the other that have contributed and are still contributing to help us raise these different acts in different parts of this area where we are, as cities of refuge where people can go and find safety in times of trouble. Shepard Peter said something here this morning, and I just want to reiterate it to you. You know, let me tell you something. The way it's so difficult to succeed in life, if all you are relying on is the little job you're intending to have or you already have, I can promise you right now, you will soon discover the truth. It takes more than a job to succeed. You might put food on the table, but you might not be able to do many other things. Because to really succeed on earth, you need a blessing. You need supernatural power because the forces opposing you are not just economical forces. They are spiritual forces that are opposing you're achieving, you're rising. That's why you need to become a spiritual person. And you need to learn to engage the laws of the spirit to come and assist you in achieving your goals. You do that by involving yourself in many of the things that I've been teaching here already. One of the things you can do today, you see, that will really set you on your way, is to start becoming a kingdom financier. Somebody who invests in the kingdom of God. I'm telling you the truth. The Bible is clear in Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of heaven. That statement can never be changed by circumstances of life. Rather, right now, we need to seek first the kingdom of God, more than anything else. And look at how cheaply you will start rising. All these things shall be added. Not only when circumstances of life are okay, when the economy is right. No, right in these times you and I are living in, God can cause all things to be added to you. So you will do well to stop depending on physical laws right now. Because there's nothing physical about coronavirus and all these other things that you are seeing. <laughs> nothing physical about it. These are spiritual forces that are working. And you need to gravitate also and start involving yourself into spirituality for you to have your upper hand over your reality. May God bless you. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. So we're back on our series this morning, Serious Distancing. And last week, we started this important series about not just distancing ourselves, you know, we've spoken about social distancing and a lot of us are practicing it. We try to practice it in public places. Praise the Lord. But the Lord revealed to me that if we were equally distancing ourselves from the things he tells us to distance ourselves from, we will see great things happen in our lives. And last week we saw that as people who want to do well on earth and beyond, we need to become intentional about distancing ourselves from sin. I've done a teaching on it last week. I would really recommend that you go back and listen to it again. 
If you are listening to me for the first time this morning, the teaching is available on YouTube. It's available on the channel you are watching. It's available on CastBox, our podcast uh, you know, channel. You can go in all those platforms. Today, technology has made things a little bit easier. You can find my teachings there. Praise the Lord. This morning, I'm tackling the, the second area that I think you and I need to distance ourselves from. This morning, I would like to encourage you to seriously distance yourself from hell. Did you hear what I said? Seriously distance yourself from hell. I know you are saying, ah, pastor, I think this is something after I die. That's why you are making a mistake. You see, your closeness or your distance from hell is determined while you are here. How far you are from hell is not dependent on when you die. It's right now. The further from hell you are or the closer to hell you are currently, it's not, we will not distance that or we will not measure that when you die. Your current state is determining how far or how close you are from hell. And I'm sure you might also be saying, but pastor, you know, this message, is it really for me this morning? Well, no problem. As we go, you see, as we go along this morning, you will see if it is for you or it's not for you. Let me rather start by Matthew 7, verse 21. The Bible says, not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone not everyone who calls Lord, Lord will enter the kingdom of heaven. What does that suggest? It means there are people who will call Lord, Lord, and yet they will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now the question becomes, if they will not enter the kingdom of heaven, where will they go? So listen carefully. Because you might be calling Lord, Lord, and yet end up in another place. He goes on to say, only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. Then he says, on judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me. I don't think at this time here, Jesus is still talking to people who don't know God, who people who don't go to church. Because for you to have performed miracles, for you to have prophesied, and for you to have healed the sick, there must be a way that you have been around church and around God and around the things of God. Yet Jesus in the day of judgment is now saying, get away from me. So if you have to get away from Jesus, where are you going? Seriously distancing yourself from hell. Seriously distancing yourself from hell. Brothers and sisters, there could not be a better time for you and I to take a closer look at our state 
than right now. As I'm talking to you, our country is in level three. I mean, level four of lockdown, if I'm not mistaken, but we are on, on the third wave of the coronavirus. I checked the statistic from the World Health Organization to just have an idea of how many people have died so far. You know, worldwide, we've lost 3,403,335 people. And these statistics are not for this month. They are for the month of May. So by May, we're counting 3 million something people that were taken by coronavirus. But let me bring it home. The statistics of the number of deaths that we have in South Africa, according to the Department of Health, that they give us every single day. If you follow them on Facebook, you will find they give you an update every single day of how many people are infected, how many people are dead, how many people are recovering, how many people got vaccinated. So by the 6th, which was, I think, on Tuesday, we had 62,628 people dead. 62,628 people that have died due to the virus. You see, when I look at all these numbers, I'm reminded of Isaiah 5 verse 14. The Bible says, therefore hell has enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure. And their glory and their multitudes and their pomp and he that rejoiceth shall descend into it. He that is just rejoicing, having fun, will be descending into hell. Now, I would like us to ask ourselves this question. With these 662,628 people that have died since the virus hit South Africa, how many of these people went to hell? How many of these people went to heaven? This past week alone, this death has gotten closer and closer to some of us. Why? Because people we really knew. I mean, I'm not talking about this because I'm just reading these numbers. You, you must say, okay, but I don't really know anybody there. But I'm telling you, this past week, people that my wife and I really know closely have died. They've died. And this is not to sow fear in your heart or anything like that. And the Bible says it's appointed for man to die once. And after that to face judgment. The question that I'm beginning to ask myself more and more now is that as we are hearing all these people that are going, the question is, did they seriously distance themselves from hell? Are you seriously distancing yourself from hell. Or you are just living your life and you don't really care about what's coming. I don't think that's wise. If there is anything that you and I should really consider in the times we are living in, because when, when coronavirus started, we were told it's the death for, you know, it, it kills old people. I'm sure by now you've noticed that that's not the case. 
Everybody's dying. You shall not die. You shall live. And you shall declare the glory of God. But I want you to, as you are living your life, live your life by seriously distancing yourself from hell. Because hell is a real place. Brothers and sisters, let no man deceive you. And I'm not here this morning to scare you. I'm rather here to knock some wisdom to your mind. Let no man deceive you at all. Hell is real. And a lot of the people that we have lost, unfortunately, if they did not give their life to Jesus Christ, there's no rest at all for them. In fact, things have gone, if they were struggling at level one, they have gone to level 1,000 in terms of suffering right now, as I'm talking to you, and will continue increasing. There's no going down. So the, this, is not, this is not something that we should take lightly. So I really want you to give me your attention this morning. As God is giving me this assignment to help you seriously distance yourself from that place. It is Bishop Oedepo who said many times, no matter how mad a person is, no matter how mad a madman is, he can never go where the fire is. Have you noticed that? No matter how people have lost their mind, when they see fire, they avoid it. So even a madman knows that a place where there is fire, I shouldn't go there. Now we know that hell is coming. So, no matter how mad you are, and I know you are not mad, if a madman knows how to seriously distance himself from fire when he sees it, you too, from today, you should find your way to seriously distance yourself from hellfire. From hellfire. Now, Jesus spoke explicitly about life after death. Clearly, before the arrival of Jesus in this world, we had a lot of speculations about what happens when people die. Now, this is a continuation of what I started last week because the Bible told us that the wages of sin is death. So when people die, what happened next? Some of the people we have lost for the past few months, where are they? What's going on with them? Those that have, we have lost this week, where did they go? Before this virus is over, more people will be lost. Where are they going? Seriously distance yourself from hell. Because that place is a real place. I would like to you, I would like to read to you what Jesus himself said concerning that place. I'm picking my reading from the book of Luke, chapter 19, from verse 16. The Bible says, There was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. At his gate, was laid a beggar named Lazarus. Now, the fact that Jesus gave the name of this man 
makes me realize, and you should now know, that Jesus is not telling a story. Because every time Jesus tells a story, he doesn't use names. This time, Jesus wanted us to realize he's not telling us a story. He's telling us something that has happened. He's not giving you a name of a person. He says the person's name was Lazarus. Just like this name could be any name. It could be your name. It could be my name. This reading could have been the person's name was Pascal. The person's name was Hepo. The person's name was Isaac. The person's name could be your name. Right here in this story. The Bible says he was covered with sores and longing to eat what fell from the rich man's table. Even the dogs came and licked his sores. Reminds me of Job who lost everything. He came to a place where dogs were licking his sores. Verse 22, the Bible says, the time came when the beggar died. You see, now death is introduced. The beggar died. That Lazarus man died. But it doesn't end there. Jesus goes beyond that event to tell you what happened after. The Bible says, the beggar died and the angels carried him to Abraham's side. Now, I've never seen angels carrying people. Probably the man died and his body was still lying right there. But Jesus is telling you, after that man died, angels came and they carried him. What did they carry? They carried his spirit, the real person. Because this body you see came from dust and is going back to dust. I see people taking care of this body more than they should. We forget that this body came from dust. And the day you get buried, this body decomposes itself. There are worms inside that come out and they eat it up. And that's the end of it. The only thing that must stay a little bit longer is your teeth, your bones, and maybe your hair. But the rest of you is gone. But what happens to the real you? The real you never dies. You are a spirit. You don't die. You don't die. You are just in this body for a season. The moment you come out of this body, this body falls apart. But where do you go? Our dear brothers and sisters that have been taken away by the virus, their body was kept in the morgue, the mortuary, for a while. Then it was buried. But where did they go? Do you mean to say it is the body we are saying rest in peace? Because there's nothing, there's nothing peaceful about the body. If you check the body a few days later, the body is not resting in peace. Worms are busy eating the body. So the body is not resting. So what are we saying rest in peace? What is resting in peace? Are you listening to me? Jesus is introducing spiritual beings 
that start getting active at the time of death. And some of them are angels. And angels came and carried this beggar called Lazarus. And they took him to Abraham's side. Praise the Lord. Then the Bible says, the rich man also died. Very important. Brothers and sisters, no matter who you are, no matter where you are, no matter what you are doing right now, you must know that you also, you also will die. I'm sorry to be the one to bring this news to you this morning. And I know you came to church. And I know you came to listen to the word of God and you had a good time. But if you've listened to everything we've done this morning, all our songs, I've got my mind made up. I'm not going back. I want to see my Jesus someday. You've listened to the song of Shepherd Mudisi. Now you're listening to the word. Everything is trying to tell you one and the same thing. You also, me also, the rich man also. No matter how rich you are, no matter how blessed you are, no matter how wealthy you are, no matter what you have in your bank account today, no matter how much you are accumulating today, no matter how poor you are, death will happen to all of us. That's the reality of life. Whether it's coronavirus or no coronavirus, Please understand, coronavirus just got in the picture. Before coronavirus, people were dying. After coronavirus, people will continue dying. So we have made the virus the main focus. But the virus cannot be the main focus. The virus is just one of the ways through which you get the same result. But death has been happening long before the virus. And long after the virus, death will continue happening. So our focus should not just be the virus. Our focus should be the death itself. Because long after we have found a cure for the coronavirus, death will continue. I hope you understand me. Praise the Lord. So the rich man also died. You can add anybody there. The important man also died. The beautiful girl also died. The rich girl also died. The CEO also died. You can add anybody there because everybody is going to be there. Are you listening to me? And the Bible says, and he was buried. Now, verse 23 is where the whole game changes. Now, number one, you see that the beggar was carried, but the rich man was buried. So he went down, the other one went up. Because you cannot be carried down. You are carried up. If my child is on the floor and my child says, me carry me, I will carry him up. Not down. But you can't bury somebody up. So he went down. In hell, where he was in torment, the rich man now, finds himself in hell. This is Jesus speaking, the way, the truth, and the life. He cannot tell you a lie. The Bible says God cannot lie. 
So Jesus is telling you something here. He's telling us that there is a place called hell. In hell where he was, and he was not just in hell, he was in torment. I've taken my time to check the word torment. What does it mean? Torment means phys severe physical and mental suffering. Severe physical and mental suffering. Torment means agony, suffering, torture, pain, anguish, misery, distress, affliction, trauma, calamity, sorrow, tribulations, vexation, persecution, troubles, and irritations. Look at all the things that are happening to one man in a place. Yet, on his tombstone, it probably written R.I.P. Yet the man has entered into something that even when he was on earth, there was nothing like that. There was nothing like that. He was in torment. He looked up and saw Abraham. First information, when you die, you will still see. You will still look. Because this man was in hell, number one. He was in torment, so he could feel pain. When you die, you can still feel pain. I've heard people say, no, at least she's resting now. The pain is over. Oh, boy, you don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no, she has finally found rest, you know. I've heard people say those things when they are in the, in giving their speech. You know, he, he suffered so much, and I mean, at least now he's resting. At least now there's no more pain. Except you are saying that person is in heaven. But if that person is not in heaven, I'm telling you, they haven't seen pain yet. They haven't seen pain. But you see, the Bible says he saw Abraham so he can see. When you die, you can still see. Number two, he saw Abraham from uh, afar away. And with Lazarus by his side, when you die, you will recognize people you saw on earth. Because he, saw, he knew Lazarus on earth. And he could recognize Lazarus. Do you know that when you die and I die, you will recognize me and I will recognize you too? The best story or the best event that captures life after death is this tale by Jesus. Here you find everything you need to know about life after death. Everything is here. The Bible says, so he called to him, Father Abraham, number two, you can talk when you die. You can talk because he's speaking. Number three, you can recognize people that were not there when you were alive. I mean, by the time Abraham was alive, this young man was not around. But when you die, you will recognize Paul, you will recognize John, you will recognize David, you will never recognize Father. You don't need somebody to tell you that's Abraham. You will know that's Abraham. You will know. You will know. That's why those that will end up in hell, you will recognize your great-grandfather, the person who started the family, you will recognize everybody. Nobody will need to introduce themselves, you will know. 
You know everybody. Have pity on me, he said, and send Lazarus to dip the tip of his finger. So people have fingers when they die. They still have their body parts. He's talking about fingers. Can you talk about something that is not there? So if he's saying dip the tip of your finger, he can see that this man still has fingers. So it means your spirit has fingers, it has eyes, it has a mouth, it can feel. To dip the, his finger in the water and to cool my tongue. So he has a tongue. That's why he can talk. He has a tongue. Now listen to the most interesting part. Because I am in agony in this fire. So in case you were thinking that hell is just some imaginary, you know, concept but it's not really fire. I mean, it's not really, I mean, the Bible didn't really mean fire when it says hell. Okay, he now says it. He says, because I am in agony in this fire. The King James Version says, I am in agony in these flames. I said earlier, a madman cannot go to the fire if he knows it, he sees it. I'm sure you are not mad. I say, I'm sure you are not mad. Because even a madman, when he sees fire on the left, he goes on the right. Do you understand me? There's no way you will be told about this and you will walk into it. But Abraham replies, son, remember that. So when you die, you can remember. <laughs> you can remember. You see? Some of us say, no, when I die, everything will just delete. Puke, 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 puke. I will just clear. It's, it's like it's going to be a man shift. Everything shift. I mean, I will just forget everything. Every, no, no, no. Son, remember. So when you die, your memory is not gone. I'm saying, eh, if you want to understand life after death, read this story. It tells you everything. Remember that in your lifetime you received your good things while Lazarus received bad things. But now he is comforted and you are in agony. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been set in place so that those who want to go from here to you cannot. And nor can anyone cross over from there to us. Except you seriously distance yourself now. God himself has brought a serious distancing between these two places. So it's either you distance yourself or the distancing will be done for you. And you cannot change anything. You see, let me tell you something. When we are on this part of the world, in this side of the world, and I want to come where you are, I can of course I can. I can apply many ways to come to you and I will come there. I can go to Mokwase. I can go to San City. I can go to Rasta. I can go anywhere as I please. Even though 
coronavirus has come and brought a bit. Just give us a bit of an idea of what is coming, where you can't really move the way you want to move. Do you understand? But there's a place <laughs> where once you get there, it's over. That is a real lockdown. Not this, listen, not this one we are talking about here. This particular one, once you are locked down there, is finished. I don't know which level to call it. Because this level here, there's no way of it decreasing for you to be able to make the moves you can move. So Abraham revealed to the rich man, look, there is a serious lockdown going on here. We cannot come to you, and you cannot come to us. And it's not like maybe after the fire subsides a little bit, there will be a possibility where maybe we're going to go to level four, or level three, or level one. No, 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 no. It, the levels only increase. They don't decrease. It's an eternal lockdown. There's no way to change it. There's no way to change it. Now, I'm saying that you're thinking you are in a lockdown here. And yet we can move around. A lockdown is coming where you can't move one bit. Nobody can come to you and you cannot go anywhere. You cannot go anywhere. My prayer is that you will, so, you will seriously distance yourself from this place today while you are on this side of life. Because once you cross over to the other side, it will be too late to make such a decision, my brother. What I'm telling you today, you will remember this message. Because you can remember, you will therefore remember this message. Verse 27 says, He answered, Then I beg you, Father, send Lazarus to my family. You see, he now realizes that, look, since this lockdown is very severe, nobody can shift here. I remember I have a family they still have a chance. Send Lazarus to my family, for I have five brothers. Let him warn them so that they will not also come to this place of torment. What is the warning? Socially and seriously distance yourself from a place called hell that is coming for you. Let him warn them because they can still seriously distance themselves. Me, I'm already in the lockdown. I cannot come out. Just like currently you are in Johannesburg. You are finished. I love all of you from Johannesburg. You know I love you. But I cannot come there. Not that I don't want to come. We've been told to not come there. And we've also been told that you shouldn't go anywhere. You should stay there. I didn't know there was lockdown in the Bible. There here is lockdown. We are not finding there's serious lockdown right here in the Bible. Praise the Lord. The rich man realized. If at least somebody could go and tell them. 
if somebody could go and tell them. If somebody could tell them that there's a place once you get in, it's over. It's over. You know, I know it's difficult for you to understand this concept because many times we get into things and we get out of them. You get inside a pit and you get out of the pit. You get in debt and you get out of debt. You get in the house and you get out of the house. We are used to this freedom we have. And we are thinking everything will always be like that. You see, that's why the concept of hell is a bit difficult to understand because you are used to moving. You don't know that there's a place once you get in there. Even jail. People go to jail and they came out of jail. So even jail, even though it's closed, but it's not really closed. I mean, it's not really close to what we are talking about here. It's nothing close. Just the pain itself is something else. There are some jails is better than even life out of jail. So you can't say that jail is not compared to this. I heard in Brazil, when they send you to jail, they ask you, what degree do you have? If you have a lot of degrees, there's a certain jail you go to. And if you don't have good degrees, you also go to another type of a jail. But there's nothing like that with hell. Now you come, okay, so what degree did you have? Uh -huh, okay, so no, there's nothing like that. Oh, you were rich, so maybe, aha. Uh -huh. No, there's nothing like that. This is a rich man crying for his life. I thought being rich was an advantage. It might be an advantage this side, but not on the other side. Not on the other side. I hope you are listening to me. Abraham replied, they have Moses and the prophets. Let them listen to them. You see, listening, what you are doing this morning. Let them listen. Not just let them hear. Let them listen. Meaning give thought to what you are hearing. Give thought to what you are hearing. Because what you are hearing can change your life right now. No, Father Abraham, he said, but if someone from the dead goes to them, they will repent. And there you get it. Because many people have thought, ah, the rich man went to hell because he was rich. Number one, Abraham was very rich. He was in heaven. Number two, you are now seeing the reason why he went to hell. He himself, he says, if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. So it is about repentance. It is not about being rich or being poor. He understood, I came here because I did not repent. That's why I'm here. I did not repent. That's why I'm here. He said to him, if they do not listen to Moses or the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. They will not be convinced. Who is Moses and the prophet? Pastor Pascal and other shepherds, other pastors and prophets and apostles that you see all over the world planting churches all the time. The reason why we are planting churches, and I've said that we have entered this operation, Noah. Every church is an ark. We are coming with these acts to tell people hell is coming, heaven is your best option, make a decision today. We are not here to try to make money out of people's lives. We are here to bring acts. We are bringing acts, cities of refuge in all these places to tell people, listen, something terrible is on the way. 
and you have to make a decision today. You need to decide which side you're going to belong to. Make sure that you seriously distance yourself from this particular place. Don't get anywhere close it. You might not be able to come back. Four things you should do this morning to seriously distance yourself from hell. Number one, get born again. Get born again. I know you've heard this concept before, but I want you to know that this is not a concept. This is your key. This is your way out. Jesus in John 3.3 replied, I tell you the truth. Unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Not to talk of entering it. You can't even see it. Unless you are born again, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. And how do you get born again? The explanation, the same John, 1 John chapter 5, 11 to 12 gives you that answer. It says, and this is the testimony that God has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have life. Being born again is having eternal life. And how do you get it? Through the Son, because the Son is the one who has the life. So he who has the Son has life. He who doesn't have the Son doesn't have the life. So how do I get born again? I need to surrender my life to the Son of God, Jesus Christ. That's how I become born again. And that's why at the end of this service, at the end of this message, I'm going to give you that opportunity to surrender your life to the Son of God and to be born again. Praise the Lord. Amen. Number two, make sure your name is written in the book of life. Make sure, make sure, make sure of that one. Make sure that you are not just thinking you are born again. Your name must be written in the book of life. It is possible to be in a classroom, but your name is not in the register. Very possible. We have the story of a guy who ended up in heaven. And as Jesus was moving around, he asked him, how did you get here? You are not wearing the right clothes. And they chased him out. So he, he even made it. To, you see, that story, I think I told you this story before. It's in your Bible. It's in your Bible. Luke 10, 20. However, do not rejoice that the Spirit submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. You see, this is what killed the guys that I read about earlier. They were just excited that demons are submitted to them. They were just excited that they are prophesying. They were just excited that they are healing the sick. They were just excited about a lot of activity. But they omitted the main thing. Your name should be written in the book of life. And how do I ensure that my name is written in the book of life? Well, Romans 8:16, the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirits that we are children of God. Eh? 
there must be a conviction in your own life by the Holy Spirit. I'm a child of God. The Spirit of God must testify to you that you are a child of God. And if you are not having that testimony, it is establishing your heart. Brother, please, you must pray the prayer with me now. And I'm finishing this thing. How will I know I'm born again? How will I know my name is? The Spirit testifies. He makes witness. He bears witness that you are a child of God. And if you are not getting that testimony, then you should give your life to Jesus. Number three, once you are born again, don't neglect your salvation. I'm giving you the steps. I'm giving you keys for you to seriously distance yourself from hell. Every one of those keys, if you miss them, the only option is hell. Don't neglect your salvation through backsliding. As it has become the culture of a lot of so-called born again. They cheaply neglect their salvation. They cheaply let go of their salvation. They cheaply fall by the wayside. I guess one of the reasons why they don't fight for their salvation with fear and trembling is because they have forgotten the place called hell. They do not think that place applies to them, you see. But my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 verse 3, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation? So people who neglect that salvation will not escape. How shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation? Which at the first which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed unto us by them that heard him. How will we escape if we neglect our salvation? Many people have abandoned their salvation. They've thrown it away. They've neglected their salvation. Gets worse. Hebrews 6, 4 and 6. For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again into repentance. Seeing they crucify to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. The Bible says it is impossible. That is how the sentence starts. It is impossible for those who were once enlightened, have, been, have tasted the heavenly gift, and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, and have tasted the good word of God, and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, it is impossible to renew them again into repentance. The Bible says it is impossible, 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 impossible. It is impossible. As people are going around just backsliding like they were just chewing shingle. They are, they are backsliding like they are just joking. It's, for them it's like, I mean, what is there? I mean, what is there? I'll come when I want. I'll come when I want. You don't understand what you are dealing with. 
It is impossible. Once you have tasted the heavenly gift, the heavenly gift is the Holy Spirit and the gift of the Spirit. Once you have tasted the good word of God, like the preaching that you keep hearing every Sunday, once you have been enlightened, once you know this truth, and then you fall away, the Bible says it is impossible to renew them again by repentance. It's impossible. Why? Because they are crucifying Jesus again. Yet Jesus has already been crucified for them. And they are putting him to an open shame. Serious distancing. See, you see, now, if the Bible says it is impossible, it means the case is settled. That's why he told them, look, go away. There's nothing I can do. There's nothing I can do. Go away. You see, we are not used to these things. We are used to some funny teaching. I don't want to go into those details today. But I'm telling you something. Let me ask you a question. Where is Judas? Because Judas was one of the first primary 12 disciples of the Lord Jesus. He worked with Jesus the whole time. He denied Jesus only once. Repented and returned the money. Where is Judas? Are you suggesting Judas is in heaven with everybody else? Why you are not, how come, if you are believing that Judas is in heaven, how come you are not calling your children Judas Iscariot? How come nobody, even the biggest sinner, has not named his child Judas Iscariot? If we believe that he's in heaven. Yet he only made that mistake just there. And even to return the money. I mean, the guy returned the money. It is impossible. Once you have been enlightened, you have tasted the heavenly gift, you were made a partaker of the Holy Ghost, you see, you are speaking in tongues, you are flowing in the gift of the Spirit, you are doing all these things. You have tasted the good word of God. I want you to be counting the things I mentioned. The, the, the Bible is telling you the list. Do you get it? As you have gone through this, you've gone through this, you've gone through this, and then you have tasted the powers of the world to come. So you have tasted the supernatural and the miraculous. You even prayed for people and God healed. You prophesied for people and it came to pass. People, you'll be surprised. People have seen all that power. But they just rubbish their salvation and throw it away and continue like nothing has happened. The Bible says, if they fall away, if they fall away, it's a condition. So you should fight to not fall away. You should fight to not fall away. Now, once you have gone through step one, step two, step three, step four, never allow yourself to fall away. Fight to stay on the race. And the reason I'm fighting to stay on the rest, I'm, I'm seriously distancing myself from that place. 
I'm seriously losing myself from that place. Because it becomes impossible. Last thing to do. Hold on to the end. Persevere to the end. The Bible says in Matthew 24 verse 13, but the one who perseveres to the end will be saved. The one who perseveres to the end. That's why Paul in 2 Timothy 4, 7 to 8, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Don't just say I fought the good fight. Add also that I have finished the rest. And then add that I have kept the faith. I didn't lose the faith. I didn't jump off the race before the race was over. Many people fight a good fight of faith, but they don't finish the race. And they certainly don't keep the faith. Are you listening to me? So I said to you when I started, you might not think this concerns you, but just listen till the end. Then you realize that you and I, indeed, we have to work out our salvation with fear and trembling, like the Bible says. Now he says, now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. Meaning to you and to me. Not only to Paul. Paul says this crown is not just for him. It is for anybody who will follow in his footstep. Anybody. If you are not born again this morning, that is where you start. And if you are born again, my prayer for you is that you will not allow any devil to deceive you into thinking that, ah, what is there? What is there? I mean, ah, just leave this thing. Continue your life. You don't understand what you're doing. You don't understand what you're doing. Don't allow the enemy to cause you to neglect your salvation. I've seen many people come to God through salvation but then prosperity gets them out of God. Please understand, you are not saved by prosperity. So when money doesn't come and all these other blessings don't come, now you are abandoning the main thing that got you there in the first place. You are not wise. Protect your salvation. Thank God for your salvation. Understand that having money, the, Jesus asked the question, what shall it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? Understand that the salvation of your soul is the most important thing in your life. Do not lose the salvation of your soul for the sake of money. Do not lose the salvation of your soul for the sake of fame and recognition. Do not lose the salvation of your soul for sex and these things. 
Do not lose the salvation of your soul for five minutes of pleasure and an eternity in fire. Do not lose the salvation of your soul. Be wise. What shall it profit a man to lose his soul? But gain everything. In other words, you are pushing to gain all these other things. But in the process, the soul that was saved is now lost. Is now lost. Fight for your salvation with fear and trembling. Ask the Lord every day to protect your heart against the love of this world, the perversion of this world, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. The love of this world that is drawing many and luring them away from the presence of the Holy God into deceptions. Deceptions that are short-lived. And they let go of their precious salvation for temporary fulfillment and satisfaction. Please stand on your feet this morning. I believe that God has sent another message this morning to help you and me. It's not to condemn you. It's rather to revive your soul. I want to read for you again Hebrews 6, verse 4 to 6. It is impossible for those who who were once enlightened, who have tasted of the heavenly gift, who were made partakers of the Holy Ghost, who have tasted of the good word of God and of the powers of the world to come. If they shall fall away, if they shall fall away, your prayer this morning, Father, preserve me from falling away. Preserve me from falling away. I want to be like Paul. I want to say I finished my race. I kept my faith. Open your mouth and begin to pray that prayer right now, wherever you are. Open your mouth and begin to pray that prayer right now. Father, preserve my faith from falling away. In this lockdown, in this situation where people are neglecting their salvation, making as if it didn't matter, making it as if they don't care. Father, preserve me. Give me wisdom that I should understand my salvation is more precious than anything else that I have in this world. It is more precious than my house. It is more precious than my car. My salvation is more precious than anything I have ever received in this world. Open your mouth and pray somebody. Those that have tasted the heavenly gift, those that have been enlightened, those that have tasted the good word of God, if they shall fall away, Father, may I never fall away. Father, give me grace, grace to stand, grace to stand, grace to not fall, grace to stand, grace to not fall into all kinds of temptation, grace to not fall into all kinds of deception. You are praying from the bottom of your heart. You are praying from the bottom of your heart. Kalama shepre kazo kepele mandes. Prende kaprazo prekele mande la vrenda. 
Brachete prezika pelangole mambe. Ente sopre kelevrandes. Para let there be a revival. A revival. A revival. In the spirit of somebody. A revival. In the soul of somebody. Somebody who was beginning to neglect their salvation. Somebody who was beginning to take their salvation for granted. Para let there be a revival. In their spirit this morning. Let there be a revival. In their soul this morning. Shebre kazo pre cantesco pre la mamba. Preche pre la mende galabrendo. Zakatove. 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 Oh Jesus. Oh Jesus. Shabala gadabagadabadabadaba. In Jesus' precious name we have prayed. I want to now pray for somebody that is saying, Pastor, in all honesty, I'm not even sure I'm born again. I'm not sure if I was to die today, either through this virus or any other condition, I don't know where I will go. You see, Jesus told us the story, and we know people only go in two places, either Abraham's side, which is in heaven, or hell. He didn't mention a purgatory. Like other people have come to say, no, there's a middle, middle place. There's nothing like that. Jesus was going to say there was. There's nothing like that. It's either you are going to hell or to heaven. That's it. And you will never understand how important this message is until you die. So I'm so glad I've shared it with you this morning. I'm so glad I have passionately, without reservation, shared with you the true gospel. Right now, if you are watching and you are not sure of your condition, the condition of your soul, why don't you give your life to Jesus this morning? Why don't you just surrender to him? And say, Lord Jesus, look, where else can I go? Like Peter said, you have the word of eternal life. There's no other place for me. I have no other option. Listen to me, my brother. If you still have options, you are not ready for this. You should reach that stage where you say, no, another way is no option for me. Jesus is the only way. Jesus is the only, is Jesus or nothing. Jesus or nothing. Heaven or nothing. I have no other option. What option? I may not have all that this world has to give. And our things are getting tighter down here. Let me tell you something. Some people, some of us might not get even half of what you, you know you could have gotten here. That's not important. The main thing now, secure heaven first. Secure heaven first. You want to give your life to Jesus at the count of three? Raise your right hand without any shame or reservation. One, Two, three, raise it up. God bless you. God bless you. This morning you are making the commitment of your life. You are making the commitment of your life. You are securing your eternity. And you are seriously distancing yourself from hell. You don't distance when you are there. You distance here. 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 You can take your hands down. Pastor, I also want to recommit my life to Jesus. I don't want to be one of those that will fall away. Because when I look at my work now, I sense I'm falling away. I sense I'm really falling away. I'm falling away in many ways. I'm falling without even sliding. I want grace this morning. At the count of three, your hands in the heavens and we pray for you. One, two, three, raise your right hand right now. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much. You can take your hands now. 
Let us pray together. From the bottom of your heart, repeat this. We say, Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to me today. Now I know you really love me. Every word come to address my life. Come to address my spirit. Come to address my condition. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for me. On the third day, you rose for me. This morning, I surrender to you. Forgive me my sins, my failings, my fallings, my weaknesses. I lay it before you. Accept me as your, Lord, as your child. I open my heart to you. And I accept you as my Lord and my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for forgiving me, washing me, for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. May God bless you. Please drop us a comment in the comment section to tell us how this message has helped you. Remember also to subscribe to receive notifications on our latest sermons. You can also watch Pastor Pascal live every Sunday morning from 10 a.m. on our church Facebook page, Alive Bible Church HQ. Or you can worship with us live in one of our branches in Sun City, Macharora, Padima, Mukwase, Lidach, Rustenburg, and beyond. Have a blessed day and remember, we are alive to give life. Whether your presence.